Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. For 
Out in the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsuck for another edition of Force Center, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. And joining me for this adventure, a man who just gave me a sucker, so I'm going to be very happy during the show. I promise not to have it on the show. It is the one and only man in black, Joseph Scrimshaw. Thank you. I'm happy to be known as the Sucker Man. The Sucker Man. <laughs> Joseph the Sucker Man Scrimshaw. Cut from Suicide Squad, I believe. <laughs> there weren't right? enough characters in right? Suicide Squad. And joining us as well is the mother to her own Padawan, uh, which is why we're so happy that she can always join us when she's not teaching her young child the ways of the Force already. It is Jennifer Landa. Hello, and I have a non-sucker. I have some sort of hard candy, an uva. An uva. Uva. That uva. almost sounds like you're a droid giving, uh, helping uh, Padme give birth. Yeah. It's <laughs> a boy, a girl, and a candy. Mm. Uva. Delicious. Yeah, that's good. Well, we are here for a special Force Center edition. It's the 25th edition of the main show, and uh, to celebrate that, well, we're going to have suckers when the show's over. But with you guys, <laughs> we're going to talk a little news. Now, this show, uh, like I said, sometimes our, our recording schedule means we're not as, uh, uh, you know, timely as we'd like or up to date on the news. So, so a reminder to you, if you're listening, this is us discussing news stories that strike us in the Star Wars world that we want to have a chance to discuss, is my point there. And then tonight, a big discussion about droids. Droids, droids, droids. They are a staple of Star Wars, created in Star Wars, certainly not robots or androids. But droids are specific to Star Wars, so much so that the Android phone has to pay Lucasfilm for the right to use the word droid. That is why uh, we're going to break down what they are, what they, uh, their roles in the galaxy, what they meant to us as fans, some of our favorites, and have all that stuff. But um, And also take some of your audience questions. But as always, we're going to start off with the news of Note, and Jennifer Landa is going to lead us through that. Well, big news, because it looks like we may be getting a Star Wars television show after all these years. I'm dubious. Yeah. (laughs) Well, at the uh, Television Critics Association, uh, ABC executive Channing Dungy admitted that, Mm. yes, there have been talks about a Star Wars show. So now the question is, when, what is it going to be about and how is it going to happen? Yeah, I think the when is like totally up in the air. Right. Uh, but the what, I, I feel like a lot of people who've been talking about this have jumped to, it must be a live show, because why would they do yet another animated show? They've got right. Rebels as a flagship, right. then they've got a lot of fun things for younger audiences, like the Freemaker Adventures, so why not a live show? It's the one big thing they haven't broken into. And I'm kind of of the opinion that they need to get into clear territory because uh, as i've said before i think with all the comic books all the novels all the movies some of the main areas are getting crowded mm-hmm. absolutely and we get this question a lot as star wars podcasters and personalities uh, if, if you get a live action tv show what would you want would it be a netflix type of series an hbo type of series an agents of shield type of series on abc um so now here we are the head of abc or one of the top executives of abc saying um that, you know that would make lead me to believe it'd be on abc and i gotta admit i'm less excited yeah. Yeah. It just kind of enough. That's not a comment on Agents of Shield, which has had good and bad moments and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I, you know, Marvel DC shows or DC TV shows on Netflix are doing a good job, and even on CW. Um, I am less excited, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would hope that ABC would want to develop it, but put it on Netflix because I yeah. feel like Netflix is the obvious place 
to make it different and special. Yeah. Kind of, I think ABC and a lot of network television is struggling with wanting to tell longer stories to be competitive with Netflix-style television, mm-hmm. but also wanting the sweet, sweet numbers of a 22-episode yes. season that can go on forever, and you can just tune in at a random time and see someone with a lightsaber having an adventure. Mm. That's a good but, moment. That's you a good know, point, I should Star say. Trek, I think Star Trek actually is going to decide a lot of this, because Star Trek is going to break yeah. the new ground of telling that Netflix-style story of a long, continuous story. And if that's popular, then I think everybody involved will be like, yep, we got to do a show where we meet uh, Teenage Boba Fett, and it's one deep, hardcore adventure for 13 episodes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that the, the think pieces that I've been seeing is like, is it going to be too much Star Wars, right? Yeah. So we're going to have all these movies coming out every year, and then we're going to have potentially a television show. But I think you guys make a great point. If it was really special, done well on, like, Netflix or HBO, I think that we would not mind having a television yes. show and having the movies every year. I think where we might be like not quite as excited is for those reasons that you guys stated. But we have to remember Star Wars is for kids. So yeah. they're going to want to make it somewhat kid friendly. Yeah. You know? Especially if it's on ABC. And yeah. I think that is where my initial reaction was one of a little bit of a meh, and I hate to say that. It's Star Wars. Will I be watching? Of course I would. Um, the, the Freemaker Adventures is the only thing I haven't sought out in any way, shape, or form yeah. as a Star Wars fan. I, I told you guys when I saw those Lego sets at, at the Lego store the other day. I was like, what, <laughs> uh, what are these characters? <laughs> I miss these. these the Legos are, are lying to me. Yeah, the, the prequel prequels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's something about, I don't know if it's overexposure. I don't know if it's just one too many things. Or like you said, Joseph, I just... I, there's, I'm still digesting the stories they've told now, and I'm already getting slightly confused, and I know I'm an older man now. But, <laughs> I, you know, is the, the Star Wars main series in Marvel, is that before or after Han Solo? Is that before or after Princess Leia's comic? Because they're all around the same time, but they're all doing the same thing. And my head starts to yep. spin. You know what? I was thinking about this. I was looking at the databank, and we used to memorize all of the tiny details because we just wanted to connect to that universe. Right. And there was so little out there that you would memorize every tiny thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And now it, I feel like I want to memorize stuff because I want to know it because it's fun to know it. But Jesus, right. there's so much, it's hard to memorize it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. almost almost like it's it's our duty now as Star Wars media discussion personalities. And in a way it is. That's what we say our, our jobs are. But, yeah. but I don't read, I don't know if I'd still be reading the comics as closely if I didn't have to somewhat know them enough to talk about them. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I feel a lot better, you guys, because I, I feel like I'm always confused. Wait, when did that take place, sure. and how come I don't know this? Because I used to know a lot, and now there's it's just, just it's Even if you so just much. love it, even if you, you all you want to do all day is memorize everything, there's so much to memorize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, just to go back to the TV show for a minute, I think that ABC has a chance of being good because they learned their lesson from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. The mm. first half of that season feels like total ABC, like right. Mickey Mouse himself might just pop up. Uh, and then it got into much more of their own groove. So I think they've learned. Okay. But I think uh, my, what I want them to do, I don't think they'll do it, but I want them to basically do the Sopranos with the Huts. Like, I want them to get <laughs> into the Crime right Lord. Yes. We talked about that in some various forms. Did yeah. we pitch that? I think we maybe point? did. Yeah. Somehow we've discussed that, and I think it's, it's one of those, ha, ha, ha. Oh, wait, no, that actually be yeah. interesting. <laughs> Genius. Especially, uh, and I know, Jennifer, you haven't had a chance to dive into it, but in Life Debt, when you get into some of that stuff on Tatooine, um, there's this little interlude chapter. It goes into some of what happens hey, after yeah. Jabba is taken out of power and the Hut family or the Hut clan, the Hut species, and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's interesting. It's perhaps my favorite part of the book. 
Yeah. And it's five pages of just a little bit of what's going on, and, and that'd be interesting. Yeah, or even Deadwood-like of that, uh, Ooh, that yeah. being way out under the frontier. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, think they, I think those would be smart enough to know, like, we have to do a different genre, and we have to make it feel like a totally different thing. Yeah, still has to be a little bit family friendly, so the, all the oh. swearing has to be in Hatties. But <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer's on board now. We've I convinced am her of on this. Board. Well, for a moment, I had a flash of The Walking Dead, Star Wars style, Dead oh, Troopers, yeah. you know. But that that's yeah. not, not going to happen. Then you said family friendly, and I went, ah, nope. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, we'll still watch. I will watch, well, and I, I think ABC is fantastic. We'll but. watch, and I trust, I trust Lucasfilm Disney more than maybe anyone else, other than maybe Marvel, which uh, the actual Marvel Cinematic Universe has just been firing for so many years now. And uh, yeah. we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens with Star Wars and the movies when they expand. But yeah, uh, the other thing too, Joseph is, is, uh, it, I think you kind of hinted upon it too, but it's like the scale's got to change because unless it's HBO's Game of Thrones or HBO's Westworld, you know, you can't give me a. It's gonna be you're gonna be hard pressed to give me a space battle worthy of Star Wars. Yeah, mm. with budgets and whatnot, which is I know what they ran into years ago with the proposed Star Wars live action show that there's alleged fifty scripts of sitting around. Yeah, that Ronald E. Moore worked on and, and Rick oh, McCallum. Right. Yeah, they ran into that at the yeah. time. I think McCallum said one episode would be fifty million dollars. So. It's tough. You can do yeah. that in Rebels. You can't do it on ABC. But that's what's still when George was like, oh, here's my bank account. Uh, how much money do I have? And, like, he, he's not as much money as he had. He's yeah. not Disney. And he, I think he made right. poor, like, Rick McCallum be like, uh, how much blood can you get out of the stone, Rick? You know? Like, <laughs> It's so interesting, I love too, our Georges. thinking about like the way that we digest content. And I was thinking if it was on Netflix, obviously we would all binge it. Sure. You know, that would be its own experience. But there is something kind of special about every week tuning in. Yeah. It's a main event. And I can yeah. see why that would be very appealing to Disney and ABC. I would like to see it that way, too, but more in like HBO Game of Thrones style. Right, right. For me. Yeah. yeah. I want want swearing. Much more to come on the TV show, I'm sure. We'll always have that kind of discussion. It is fun to pitch what you'd want out of a Star Wars TV show, live action, or maybe even more animated stuff. Um, More to come that, I'm sure. sure. But uh, interesting note that uh, after years, it might finally, finally have a path to seeing the light of day. Uh, But Jennifer, that's not all we're going to discuss. No, moving on to the films, we may be getting a new Star Wars story film. Simon Kingberg of... uh, Star Wars Rebels and the story group is apparently working on this new film. And he also said that he kind of has his hands in everything that's going yes. on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I touch all the Star Wars, said Simon Kinberg. That's a direct quote. Yeah. No, yeah. It's not. yeah. So, Joseph, you, you actually were talking about this. What, what kind of things was he saying? Yeah, I think he, he was, might... I think this is yet another quote, and I might have gotten it out of context, where basically, you know, the, the TCAs are going on and that people get pressed into, into answering things, so they answer things kind of sideways. And then mm-hmm. we, we turn them into a headline. Right. So I think he was kind of saying, yeah, I'm working on something. Mm. I'm working on a script. I don't think he was coming out and saying, I'm working on the next one. You know, mm. if, you know, he, it's so far ahead of the announcement. So I feel like it's so open to interpretation that this guy who's embedded in Star Wars that we're maybe not hearing about as much is like, of course I am. Maybe they, maybe everyone is. Maybe Pablo Hidalgo is like, <laughs> when he's not uh, uh, shutting down trolls on Twitter, maybe yeah. he's writing. Because I feel like they're still in that place where they're looking for, what's the next one? What's the one that's going to make sense after Rogue One and on Solo? Sure. So I think he's just probably working on an idea. Maybe it's the one that's, that Lucasfilm thinks, like, yep, this is the one, but we're not announcing it yet. But. Mm. Right. And Kingberg's, uh, yeah, he said embedded in Star Wars is a good way. He's had his uh, hands all over Star Wars. Uh, um, it's a good fit. And, and he had something to do with Fantastic Four, which I think also may have had something to, 
do with why Josh Trank was not on the new Star Wars <laughs> film that yep. this, might, this slot might be taken. Um, I, I like more than anything, this is a good name that I trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can make Fantastic Four jokes uh, if you want, but that, that has nothing to do with one person or one man. And he didn't have a, it wasn't his film to direct or anything like that. So uh, I, I think it's a good name to have. And it inspires confidence in me. What also inspires confidence in me is that there hasn't been this rush to fill that spot. Mm. Yeah. After the Trank, um, you know, dare we say debacle. Um, don't rush. Don't fill it out. Don't make it a Boba Fett origin story unless we're going to do it right. Yeah. Right. Don't make it this. Don't make it that until you know. And I'm, I'm happy with them taking their time. Yeah. It, it is know? weird to see them actually behaving like Jedi. Patience. <laughs> Even though a lot of money is at stake. Patience. Yeah. Patience. It'd be nice. It'd be splashy to announce at a celebration. Hey, guys, we're doing a Yoda adventure story. Yeah. Uh, but we wouldn't want that, you know? Right. Yeah. You know? Want the adventures of young Akbar. Nah, <laughs> maybe we, we would, but I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I feel like it's a, a repetition of the conversation we just had, which just, we, 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 I think we all want the new Star Wars thing, but whatever the next thing is, it so has to be into breaking new ground in terms of genre mm-hmm. and the area of Star Wars they're talking about. Yeah. Right. And I do think that, that they're going to learn a lot from Rogue One and seeing how well or perhaps not well it does, I think yeah. that's going to kind of lead them into the next direction. I think that Han Solo, obviously everyone knows Han Solo, and that's going to be another learning area. But I, I do kind of wonder how big of a risk they'll take if Rogue One does not perform as well yeah. with this next story that Simon Kimberg is working a on. A lot of pressure on There's, Rogue One. Yeah. We saw Guerra's hair. <laughs> I'm going to learn to say his name by the time <laughs> the movie comes out. <laughs> we all have goals. Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think Rogue One is going to end up doing well. And I think it is going to make them have confidence in the genre plan of like, mm-hmm. there's a, there's two questions of like, which Star Wars character or what part of the Star Wars lore do we touch on? And then what kind of genre did we mash it up? Mm-hmm. Because Lucas did mash up a lot of genres, even like Attack of the Clones. It doesn't come across really clearly, but he's super influenced by noir detective Humphrey mm-hmm. Bogart films. Yes. And it would be. I mean, it's amazing to think that if Rogue One does well enough and everybody buys it as a war movie, as a heist movie, as whatever exact movie it ends up being, where you could be like, you know, it is. It's Yoda back in the old Republic days, and there's an actual mystery. Right. And it's Yoda gumshooing around Coruscant. Gumshoot around. You know, that would be crazy to imagine that that could work. But I think think if it is successful, we're going to get to that point where there is an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. And it's obviously a Western, which would be amazing, you know, and just getting into all these other genres. I want a uh, Yoda Maz Kanata romantic comedy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like sort of a Last Vegas with them. (laughs) That's a terrible, terrible movie. Thinking uh, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, yeah, but okay. okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> you know, I was just think that or. Uh, you know the the older people having the adventure, the, yeah. the older wise people. Like we've been people. around the block, we know how these kids are going to do these <laughs> dumb things. Oh my gosh! Uh, so that is a quick look at Star Wars news uh, from uh, around the Star <laughs> Wars universe. Uh, always, it's so amazing to me. Sometimes I just stop and realize the era of Star Wars that we are in. It is, it is always something almost every single day, and it's only going to get better or worse, depending on your perspective. <laughs> Guys, for the main topic today, what we wanted to dive into is something that is very important to Star Wars, and it is droids. Like I said, they are very, very key 
They're very, very important, and they're very, very fun. So we're going to discuss some of our favorites, their role in the story at large, the galaxy both on camera and behind the camera, and how they were key to the making of Star Wars. And now, uh, Joseph and Jennifer, there's no better place to start than the droids of droids, C-3PO and R2-D2. Um, I wanted to ask you guys first your reactions to those two characters over time and how it's changed and where, where they nestle into your hearts or maybe they don't. And then we're going to talk a little bit about their legacy and the importance of those two characters and the performers as well as all the special effects people that made it possible. And we'll go from there. So uh, R2-D2... C-3PO, where are they in your hearts, Jennifer? Mm, R2, I loved R2-D2. As a kid, he felt like he was like me. He was Mm. very childlike, Um, and I appreciated that. (laughs) C-3PO, I don't want to say that he was annoying. I know that there were, (laughs) I know that my older cousins like found him to be kind of annoying. I think a lot of older people did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I kind of found him to be a little bit of like a wet blanket. Like we're having fun and then he comes in like a wet blanket and wants to tell me all the facts. Stay out of it, (laughs) C-3PO. That was kind of how I saw him. Did you love to hate him or did you just... Uh, did you love to be annoyed by him, or were you just annoyed by him? I think I loved to be annoyed by him. Okay, but I did. Lo- I did like that he was gold. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was definitely <laughs> <It's> just bizarre. <laughs> like I just thought that that was the coolest thing, and you know, people would try and dress up like him and make their yeah. makeshift costumes. Yeah. Um, so you loved to hate him, which means there was some love in there. Absolutely, love in there. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a complete. I've never seen you know Jennifer outright hate. A droid, yeah. or an Ewok, or anything, you know. So I want to make sure that we're still this is still the Jennifer we know and love. Oh, here. Yeah, yeah, of course, okay. dancing on the edge, yeah. dancing on yeah. of three PO hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joseph, you, I love the chemistry of C three PO and R two D two, and mm. I think it is what makes the beginning of a new hope work. Yeah, it's what makes both the droids work independently. I, you know, we were just talking about Lucas pulling from lots of genres. He's pulling from classic film comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he himself talks about making them kind of Laurel and Hardy-like. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not an exact match for that, but that sort of uh, they're both weirdos on their own who aren't uh, don't necessarily work entirely without the other. Yeah. And I think it's interesting over the years of Star Wars films that they do get they start getting separated a lot. Yeah, and even Empire Strikes Back, there's the, their story is kind of their separation from one another. Absolutely, yeah. In some ways, and and in the prequels, you get a little bit of that, but I think they are stronger together. And I'm yeah. kind of interested to see how it's going to play out in Episode Eight if BB-8 gets separated from them, or if it's just <laughs> a weird droid triangle, the weird oh. droid puppy hanging around, yeah. them that everyone loves more, the popular puppy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like uh, you know, Sith. You see, three PO's not really in Revenge of the Sith. You know, he's, he is, but uh, not too much. he's got yeah. like one great moment where he yeah. does actually handle the emotional weight of how yeah. horrible everything is. Yes, yeah, and that's a great beat. But then, uh, you know, so I don't. I feel I was so excited for Force Awakens to get them back together, mm. um, and then we kind of didn't get that. No, you know, no. and I felt as much as I love Force Awakens. Much like when I'm like, ah, oh, Han, Luke, and Leia aren't on the screen together one last time. I was like, I wanted a little bit more 3PO, but I agree with you. Though, 3PO's out traveling with Ray, right? Yeah, so her and Chewie, isn't he at the bottom? Uh, no, I think... No. 
I think it's R2, right? Is R2 with him? It's R2. I think yeah. it's R2's of course with Falcon, R2's right? With him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he is. Yeah, he's got the map. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So now again, they're separated again. Yeah, so 3PO and BB-8 are back home being a, disappointed with being that, a comedy so duo without oh. R2 there. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. But I had a, an interesting reaction, uh, similar to you guys, so I don't want to repeat it too much. I love them. This, I love the chemistry. They're a key. But, but um, to this day, uh, they have a special place in my heart, but to this day, I don't collect a lot of the toys that are related to R2 or 3PO. Huh. I never, as a child, I didn't have, I had the breakaway 3PO with the little uh, satchel you could attach to Chewy, but I'd never owned an R2. <laughs> and um, really? even now, the only R2-D2 I've ever purchased uh, came in my smuggler's bounty just last month. Really? With, with the Jabba the Hutt uh, sail barge R2. Why is um, that? And I don't know, Jennifer. I want to know why that is. I don't know. Maybe Joseph, the great Star Wars mm. therapist here, will help. <laughs> I do have a thought. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear it. Right, yeah. I want to hear it. Because I think I went through a similar sort of thing emotionally where I love the droids in context of their relationship with the other characters and as sort mm. of ambassadors of Star Wars. Yeah. So, like, I really loved the 3PO where his limbs came apart. I yeah. really coveted. They made at the very end of the Kenner line the R2 that shoots out Luke's lightsaber. Oh, yeah. So I love them in their moments where they really added drama to the story of the main characters. But then there was that, like, crappy droids cartoon. And I I remember it being a sort of, like, almost... Oh, okay, okay, all right. Uh, I I have not watched it as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) I said crappy, maybe. Uh, But it was, like kind of having to face a little bit of an existential Star Wars crisis because I would have said to myself, Mm -hmm. I would love anything Star Wars. But then when it was just the droids alone, it's like, well, you guys are great storytellers. You're great companions. You're great to tell the story the way George envisioned. But I don't know how into just your story I am. Mm. Absolutely. It's like uh, some of the Clone Wars episodes that kind of had a little breakaway with some of them being the focus or little story beats, them being the focus. I didn't like it as much. And you're right there. They're seasoning on this this steak dinner I love so much. Yeah. I don't have spoonfuls of pepper. Um, <laughs> and that might be it. And I love them. And look, one of my favorite moments is 3PO's introduction or reintroduction in Force Awakens. Hilarious. Mm, okay. and yeah. When R2 started to come to life at the end of Force Awakens, I got excited. Partially, though, out of being so disappointed that he wasn't in the rest of the film. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're right there. It, it, they never were the focus. They never yeah. were, were... I never wanted them to be. That droids cartoon... God bless you. I do, oof, that is that was something. <laughs> now, Jennifer, do you actually like it, or were you just giving me crap? Ah, there's just something kitschy. About, I love kitschy things. Okay, yeah. So it's it. There's something fun in in how not necessarily great it is. <laughs> right. But if you if you desperately need a Star Wars fix, like you'd watch the holiday special before you'd watch the droids cartoon. Right? Oh uh, yeah, the holiday special. Now that's brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. But yeah, no, yeah, I see what you're true. saying. That is true. But I think I think mm. as a kid, like even though I didn't understand what George Lucas was trying. To say, but you know, they're like the the low the lowly mm. characters. Yeah. They're like the peasants that are, yeah. you know, yeah. the hidden fortress the, that yeah, drawn upon it, that. Yeah, exactly. And they are essentially our heroes of that story. R two, I think George said that R two was like the hero, like of the, the storyteller. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the hero. He did say that. Yeah, directly. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that was kind of my connection to yeah. him. Why I liked him. And, and yeah, and it's weird because in in story, I love I love that R two knew all along. I love the stuff. Yeah, that <laughs> his mind wasn't wiped and. I even liked a lot of the 3PO stuff. I, you know, I, for some reason, I, could, I didn't... Uh, I could get by the Anakin creating him thing. I actually was okay 
with it more than maybe I should, or yeah. I don't know. I was like, all right, that's interesting. It then does Star Wars becomes a story of a kid trying to get you know back with his droid puppy, but you know changes the nature of Return of the Jedi when you know Vader should have been like, where's three <laughs> <laughs> um, Obsessed with finding the protocol but, droid. Yes, uh, Vader has launched. But uh, uh, I can't deny, and I know you guys can't deny, no matter what you feel or how many toys you have, is the key to the success of Star Wars. A lot of it, in my mind, I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but uh, rest on those shiny little droids. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. imagine if that didn't work. Yeah. You're trying to say that New Hope would have been what it was when you had a walking trash can and a man in a plastic suit? If that had failed, I don't know if we'd be here. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, being immediately introduced to very relatable, mm-hmm. but very alien, likable underdogs is yeah. basically what happens at the beginning of A New Hope. So you're, you're, you see some crazy stuff that kind of makes sense, but not really. And then you're guided through it by this very familiar banter between these likable characters. Yeah. And All about I, chemistry, yeah. Yeah, and I think that actually the thing about 3PO that kind of redeems him is that he is more, he's human-like. Yeah. More of like a quote-unquote android. Yeah. And so that kind of is the hook, because if it was just two robots, it might not have played as well, but it, you have sure. this very human 3PO yeah. bantering with this little robot. With this beep bopper. Yeah, and, exactly. you know, some of the original drafts, R2 has lines, right? And I, if you've read the comic, the, the Star Wars... Right. The Dark Horse thing. They have three yeah. R2's lines in it. I believe so, right? And it's, yeah, and it's, it's off-putting. It's <laughs> you know off-putting. Yeah. I, think you're, I think you're exactly right, Jennifer. It's all about that oil bath, <laughs> right? Because in, in science fiction around that time, a lot of things were, it was the gleaming white. It was the perfection. It was maybe even a little fear mm-hmm. of the yes. mechanical. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing true, frightening true. about 3PO. He needs an oil bath because his limbs ache. Yeah, like yeah. there's nothing more human than that. Of yeah, right. And I, I feel like make yeah. I just I I like how much three PO and R two that they they have uh, strangely deepened his characters. Mm. And yeah. someday, I, if it's not on the internet yet, I would like somebody to make a a, a cut of all the times three PO has been told to shut up in various ways. Right. Because when you really start watching for it, it's like uh, there's there's some famous ones, but like no, he gets told to shut up or oh. turned off. Just a constantly. Lot. And then it gets to be almost like a statement on, oh, our characters don't want to know facts. It's like our characters mm. are into denial mm. because they never yeah. want to hear any facts from 3PO. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Never tell them the odds. Never, never <laughs> shut tell you me, down. Never tell me a damn yeah. thing, 3PO. But uh, again, to the, the, the making of Star Wars is fascinating, and, and I give a lot of credit to Anthony Daniels. Um, uh, for, as he so famously says, looking into that picture of the uh, concept art of 3PO and finding finding a connection with that painting and just finding the way to approach it. Again, 3PO was written as a used car salesman type, and I think yeah. that wouldn't have worked. No. No, that would have worked. <laughs> Much like I always say, Yoda, uh, the success of Yoda continued the series because otherwise you're going to have, you know, a Muppet. Essentially, yeah. Um, how awkward that would have been if that was done <laughs> wrong, um, and if we didn't believe it. And same thing here. Imagine in the time in '75, you're like, oh, "We're going to make this picture. What are we going to make? We got a space a space monkey walking around, 
and and two guys dressed in costumes. <laughs> They're making beep sounds. I don't know if you got to go picture. There's a lot of faith from Alan Ladd Jr. and the team to get that going, and it worked. And I think it's because of that it made the universe feel so foreign, like you said, but realistic. Yeah, and and relatable. The, and, and relatable, and it's uh, we're going along for the adventure with them as well. And outside of them, of course, there's a world of droids in Star Wars, big and small, literal and figuratively. Um, and I, I'll start with uh, one of my favorites. We'll just dive in. We'll go yeah, around yeah, and talk yeah. about some of our favorite droids, and that is uh, that is uh, the the torture chamber droid. <gasps> Uh, of of Jabba, yeah. Um, what's got the name? Eighty eight, eighty eight, yeah, yeah eighty eight. Um, you think it's EV eighty eight? EV ninety nine. EV ninety nine. Right? Yeah. He's putting on the 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 restraining bolt. Do you mean the the the, the one that there's the two? There's the eighty eight yeah. is the one I think that uh, the thin white one who's we can look at torturing up. the gunk droid. I just the I actually like yeah. It was yes, I out. want the yeah. one that's talking to three. Yeah, that's EV ninety nine. That's EV ninety nine. Okay, ninety nine. Yeah, EV ninety nine is one of my favorites because. What what I love about these droids is they're man made. They're 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 uh, you know we we uh, have these tools basically. But the personality I've never once questioned why these droids have these personalities. I've just accept them as their own things. Yeah, right. and EV ninety nine is a prime example of uh, EV ninety. Yeah, EV EV ninety nine. Uh, it's a prime example to me of someone who just, I loved his little attitude. I loved that he, someone was finally given 3PO or R2 a little shot back and forth, but R2 was holding his own. It's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, yeah is, you know, uh, You'll do on Matt Jabba's sail barge. Yeah, like a droid's fighting. You'll do nicely. Always stuck with me. <laughs> it was one of my favorites. Oh, uh, you guys, what's some other favorite? Um, I love, I've talked about it before, the uh, probot, the Imperial probe droid. Um, yeah. I loved the, just seeing that, that droid emerging from the snow, very jellyfish-like. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Uh, and I like that it, it's kind of like me, you know, going off, doing some research and reporting back. I think that <laughs> <laughs> I realized I was like, oh is my our gosh. probot here at Your probot? That is me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Our um, Jedi probe droid. Yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> that I guess that explains that. Um, that's hilarious. But yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, Joseph? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I like how much the droids have just permeated Star Wars. So when you stop to think, you're like, oh, well, 3PO and R2, they're the main ones. And now oh, it's R5D4 mm-hmm. and, you know, 4 yeah. M. But then when you start to take a step back at how many they are, they're crammed into every little scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I really like from The Force Awakens is uh, BU4D mm-hmm. or Buford. Because <laughs> Buford is one of the weirder designs in The Force Awakens. I always like the super weird designs. Yeah. He is a big yellow piece of crap. He is <laughs> slow moving but means well, according to Databank Brawl. And, you know, the Resistance are the good guys, so they believe in giving him his freedom. So he has his freedom to just slowly roll around. He's yeah. big and yellow. Mm-hmm. He looks like... You know that episode of The Simpsons where Homer designs a car? Yes. It's like Homer designed a robot. The Homer. Like, this <laughs> yeah. is the perfect robot, says Homer, and he would design Buford. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, I just, I love the pantheon of different, they all do seem, the droids seem to fall into either sort of hardworking kind, but maybe a little bit lower class, mm-hmm. which is yeah. a really interesting dynamic right. with mm-hmm. uh, the other species, or else droids that have gone crazy and they're assassins. 
Right. Yeah, the crazy well, assassin droids are IG-88. IG-88. Uh, we were talking about Triple Zero and BT-1 from the Darth Vader comic, which I guess are, are rising in popularity. I know a lot of people like them who read the comics. I'm, I have a love-hate relationship with them. I, I like the concept. But it comes off awkward at times, and I don't, I don't foresee them ever appearing in, on screen yeah. mm-hmm. in, in some way, unless it's animated. Um, but yeah, IG-88 is a good one, too, because uh, we grew up with that one, and I never, I knew he was a droid, and he's certainly a different kind of droid, but I never accepted him in my head. Yeah. Like, it was just like, yeah, he's, that's a, it's not a robot, that's a dude or something. Yeah. I, I, never could give, <laughs> I know our friend Mark Donica is a big fan of IG-88. Huge IG-88 fan. I could never, but a fascinating character indeed. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Uh, of course, it's we wouldn't go uh, the show without mentioning. I think the the world's favorite uh, uh, power droid, which is the Gonk droid. Yes, Gonk. which I, it, I don't know how this had escaped me for so long. It's mm-hmm. called the power droid, and I, I was just yeah. looking at uh, droids on databank recently, and the confirmation that it is just a battery on legs. Yes, that that's all the poor Gonk droid is is <laughs> yes. a battery on legs. Just the mentality to go into designing that of we want a battery that comes to us. So give it legs, no arms, no face, no arms, no arms. But has a personality because when it's tortured in Jabba's palace, it's feeling pain. Like it? Nope. It screams. Yeah, Yeah. almost like (laughs) pig-like. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know why that came. But there's just something so adorable about it, just kind of trotting along with these stubby little leg feet, ankles. I don't know what they are exactly. Another droid that had a personality... in its own way was 2-1-B, the medical droid. Yeah, I like yeah. Yes. You like 2-1-B? I, I like 2-1-B, too, and I don't know why, because he Me seems either. depressed. <laughs> I like him because he seems like a doctor who is just making chit-chat with his patients, because so, he's just talking to Luke about, yeah. like, you're not going to be able to get those big things out of there, are you? Before, like, and it's, it's so like the doctor, just like, <laughs> yeah. how's your day? Do you want this Highlights magazine for your kid? Yeah. It's like, oh my I've gosh. always been fascinated a little bit with 2-1-B. Yeah, yeah me too. Like FX7 a lot? Uh, yes, the, the, who is the sort of nurse droid? Nurse droid to two one B. The multiple arms. Yeah, um, right. looks like the most Doctor Who like droid. Or yeah, something, absolutely. Or a British BBC kind of <laughs> yeah Hitchhiker's Guide type of droid. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So there. Yeah, I, and I, I think the the novels. I haven't read as many of the comic books. The novels have been doing a great job of fleshing out. Like, yes, they have sentience. They can be programmed mm-hmm. for different opinions. Mm-hmm. And we get to see fun flashes from from our main characters, like Leia and Bloodline, going like, oh, yeah. yeah. 3PO really cares about stuff. 3PO does. And Bloodline uh, was a great version of 3PO. Like, yeah. uh, Claudia Gray did a great job with that. Um, I think some of the other stuff in the past, not talking about new canon, it wasn't. I even air the empire. I don't. Three uh, PO. Yeah, uh, it's tough. It's tough to write because you're trying to write in a voice. It's like when we say um, there was a, in life that Han Solo was written great, but there's a couple times and I was like, ah, uh, he wouldn't say princess or girl or scoundrel or whatever yeah. in every sentence. Um, I felt Bloodline was a great example of three PO, and then uh, um, as, as compared to some of the other things, but. Uh, um, uh, that uh, I'm drawing a bl- I'm so overwhelmed with droids. Oh, the, everywhere. The, the 3PO comic okay. that I mentioned oh, before, right. the yeah. one shot, is so emotional and so good and, and just that. absolutely, it's so, it tugs on your heartstrings. Yeah. And explains That's... his red arm. It'll make you cry the next yeah. time you see Force Awakens. Great mm. Clone Wars arc where uh, early sort of Anakin not being able to let go of attachments mm-hmm. goes crazy trying to find R2 in really brutal lines from Obi-Wan about just like, I've never understood why you're attached. It's just a droid. Get another one. Right. And and Anakin is sort of trying to argue, like, no, he's more than his programming. There's something special Special there. Yeah, so, I mean, I think if you dig through all of the droid-specific media, it's a a really fascinating discussion of what it means to be sentient in the Star Wars galaxy and how, how sensitive to that our heroes are. Yeah, and well, it makes me upset then that Obi Wan, when R four dies, that's kind of sad. In, it is uh, Sith mm-hmm. when R four goes away. Like, oh my god, Obi Wan don't care. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not good. Um, what about the bigger, tougher droids like the Magna Guards who, who guarded General Grievous? Oh, I like the Magna I Guards. I liked them a lot. Yeah, I was okay with them. 
From yeah. the get, I didn't need. I didn't even know Joseph Scrimshaw back then to convince me that I liked the prequels more than I did, and I liked the Magna Guards. Like the sound, I like the look, like the cape off the shoulder. Yep, I like the little blades that could fight lightsabers. I'm good with all of that. Yeah. I like them a lot. Jennifer, you know, you're scrunching yeah, your face no, like I'm no. Yeah, no, I'm thinking, I actually did like a lot of the droids in the prequels. Um, I even like the battle droids, actually. Did you like them straight I, up out of the gate? Oh, wow. Um, okay. You know, I'm trying to remember now. It's hard for me to yeah. remember how I felt about it back then. But certainly now I find them to be, they're obviously comic reliefs. Um, and I just, I love their Roger Roger I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're both legitimate threat and comic relief yeah, at the same time. Exactly. I don't know if I ever recovered from the first Roger Roger. Really? I don't know if I ever did. <laughs> like I a part on, of your soul was lost that day? I was. Oh. I was on board for the look of them. And if you go back to that documentary in Phantom Menace when, when Lucas is showing Spielberg, uh huh. You know, but yeah. Lucas oh, makes yes. a good pitch for them. <laughs> right. And Spielberg's like, oh, I get it. They're the stormtroopers before the stormtroopers. And I'm like, I-, I get that. That makes perfect sense. But then, you know, Lucas is, eh, the, you know, Jedi go through them like butter. Well, then there's no threat here. And what? Do we, and, and then to have them be like, Roger, take them to the uh, <laughs> camp for processing. <laughs> no, no. Joseph, you're watching the Freemaker. You've seen the Freemaker. I saw the first episode. And isn't there, there's a little Roger character, right? There is a little, it's awfully close to Mr. Bones. There's oh, more. Really? Re- right. from, from the Aftermath novels, more retconning of the battle droids. You know the battle droids. I like the retconning. We had them on. We had one on databank brawl, uh, and in in right. the Star Wars databank, they've got them fully retconned to their design like that to look a little like Geonosians, the uh, species who <sighs> yeah. created them, right. and they're meant to be really low functioning and to just swarm into overwhelm. Mm. Right. It's like okay, I can get into that retconning. Yeah, uh, but yeah, great design. I don't think I can't think of a droid ever where I haven't liked the design of the droid. Really? Even like the rolling droids, the droid decas uh, in Phantom Menace. I, like, love, those. I love those. Cool, I love cool those design. Too. Yeah, those are really cool. Great noise. Yeah, I can't think of a, a design of a droid I don't yeah. like in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I remember thinking, uh, you know, back then when I hated the prequels a little more than I do now. There, I was thinking, <laughs> thinking that those uh, that those those particular battle droids were wasted on those films. Like, God, I wish they could have appeared in another Star. Like those, yeah. I would have yeah. taken those in Jedi because they were so cool. But I, but I definitely like them now. And that was part. Now it's part of the reasons is I can watch the prequels. And survive a little yeah. bit more than I used to, um, <laughs> and still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, um, what are other, some of the droids that are some of your favorites before I, before we close this out with the uh, final discussion of one particular droid I want to talk about? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, BB-8 when he oh, rolls, that's what I want to talk about. Oh, you want to? Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I want to. Let's go into it. We'll go into it. Okay. When BB-8 rolled out on the stage, I think it was at the Star Wars celebration. I was like, oh my gosh, R2 who? Because this guy. <laughs> How dare you, man? He rolled, as I say, he rolled right into my heart. Uh, I yeah. just, I didn't think that they could make me love a droid as much as they did. That mm. they would be able to create a droid as equal, as equally lovable as R2. Yeah. Right. And oh my gosh. And then in the film, like his personality and the beeps and the boops. Some of the best acting, I think, was from yes. BB-8, whatever yeah. version of BB-8 you believe. Uh, I think you agree about BB-8 Yeah, as well. absolutely. That first teaser trailer came out, what, it was Black Friday, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And he yeah. rolled by, and he was the first thing that I was like, oh, wow, it looks like Star Wars, but it's new, right. too. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, right. this is amazing. Yeah, and I, his personality, I think, is a, a well-thought-out compliment to R2 in 3PO, yeah. where he is, certainly is feisty 
But R2, you get the sense that he's cranky, and if you cross him, you will pay. Yeah. In BB-8, no. No, a little he'll, puppy. He'll stand up if you need yeah. to. But yeah, he's a puppy. He's a, yeah. little, he's a, he's a puppy. He's a precocious little he's puppy. He's a resourceful dog. little puppy who means well and likes Absolutely. his friends. Yeah. And it's like what I want to discuss with BB-8 specifically is, again, almost the pressure wasn't on like 3PO and R2 in Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, New Hope, but... This had to work as well, too. Otherwise, it was going to be a, a little Jar Jar situation all over again if it was too precocious, too cute, right. too took away from the action. And you're right, from from the get-go, that was that trailer. It was like, got it, something new. I can accept that. The moments, they did so good, and they really sold us on the practical nature of this droid. Yes, they did. Which wasn't 100% true, as we all could have guessed, but more than we maybe wanted to believe at the time. Yeah. <laughs> But it was a good, smart way to do it, yeah. and I think was a key to the success of Force Awakens and, yeah. and bring it out to a new group of people. Mm. Uh, any other droids we want to want to talk about here? What uh, about the new one, K K two? Do you want to talk about K two S O? Yeah, I'm interested and excited, okay. Alan Tudyk, because uh, this is a motion capture character, right? And I don't think we've ever really had that before, right? We've had mm-hmm. full C- CGI, yes, but not yes. motion capture, yes. Well, except for the guy who drives BB-8 in the green suit, who is <laughs> one of my favorite things in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, running yeah. around in the desert there. Awesome. Um, we haven't seen much of this character. We know it's an Imperial droid. And a forcer droid, I believe. I believe so, yeah. That's, that's turned, that's right? That's turned, or uh-huh. maybe gone rogue and all that kind of stuff. So already it's a different kind of droid than we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating this droid a lot. You, Jennifer? I am. I just love the conversation. I think we talked about this before that uh, Alan Tudyk had with Anthony Daniels. Mm-hmm. When Anthony Daniels asked him, oh, are you, are you wearing a suit? And Tudyk said, no, uh, you know, it's motion capture. And he goes, you shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, I'm interested to see how that, how that comes across on screen um, and what his dynamic with the group is going to be. He looks very menacing. Um, Yes. Hulking, bulking kind of creature, like a, like a, like an enforcer. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see, you know, we talked about how that, uh, the assassin droid has been an archetype of droids, but they've never been one that's kind of a, if not a main character in the main group of friends. Right. The main protagonist. So right. I'm excited to see that character come to the forefront. And it'll be interesting to see also if it kind of steps on Mr. Bones' territory. Mr. Bones, the converted battle droid in uh, Life Dead. Uh, I don't, you, you haven't read yet. No, you haven't had the full experience of Mr. Bones, right? Is, it, is this a good or a bad experience? That's the debate. Ooh. I like it, but I can see <laughs> why, where it would be too much. Too much. Yeah, because if you don't mind, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and if anybody's listening, you can tune out for like 30 seconds. Uh, it's reprogrammed to be like super efficient, super violent, has all these weapons, and then screams in all caps. Very, I think, uh, funny things, but almost so funny that they're uh, uh, on the nose. Oh. To like, it's a super subversion of, if you thought the battle droids were dumb, let me make them really funny by making them psychotic. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it works for me, but I can see how it would be too it, much for some people. It works for me more than others. But yeah, I know some people who just haven't, haven't finished Aftermath because they got to Mr. Bones and stopped. Really? Which I think is harsh and unfair at times. But uh, um, yeah, it's an interesting take. Hmm. If you like the battle droids, let's see if you like Mr. Bones. Okay, I, I got to read this. There's so many great things in, in Life Debt. There's yeah, <laughs> so much stuff there. So the droids are key to the universe. We just wanted to take a little bit of a spotlight to talk about the droids. And K2S, though, is coming out. It'll be the next edition. Do you want him to talk? Talk or beep? Oh, with Ellen Tudyk, I want him to talk. Oh, talk. I want him to be talk. full of personality. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. I, yeah, that's what I... 
I was I don't yeah I don't want him to beep either. I was yeah. worried about that too. Uh, I saw the droid and I was like I don't know if that droid can talk. Yeah, but you've got Tudic. You're gonna take advantage of that. Yeah, I don't want his lips to move like Ultron. That's creepy. I don't want that. I don't want that. I, and I just don't want behind the scenes footage of Tudic in a motion capture suit going beep bop boop. Like I don't want any of that. I want full like Cumberbatch is a dragon type of moment yes. with K2FO. Mm. <laughs> uh, so droids are our key part of the galaxy. Like you said, they have a great place in the Star Wars universe. We want you guys out there, if you're listening, to tell us your favorite droids, your favorite moments. Take pictures and put them on our Facebook page. We'll have a discussion of droids, and you can also hashtag four. Center and follow us at Force Center Pod to to continue the discussion about your favorite droids in uh, and weigh in. Do you want K two S O beep or talk? Beep <laughs> or talk? It's a key key key, key question. Uh, but before we leave tonight on this little episode, we do want to get us some audience questions. You guys, as always, submit some great ones. You can go to our Facebook page or uh, on Twitter using the hashtag Force Center or Force Center Pod. It doesn't matter. We'll find them at either. But uh, as long as you uh, include us at Force Center Pod and we. Uh, keep dropping my sucker. <laughs> keep dropping my sucker because I want to have this sucker, Joseph. Um, well, let's bring this home so you can get let's sucking. Let's do that so I can get <laughs> phrasing. Here we go. So, uh, Joseph, take away with some of the audience questions. Yeah, we've got uh, two really good ones, and they're both Luke-centered. So I figured, hey, Love let's it. go crazy with some Luke-centered questions. Both good. The first one is from Brian Walter, uh, Twitter handle at Brian Walter, who asks... Why does Luke wear black in Return of the Jedi? Is it symbolic, or did the costume designer just think black is cool? Mm. Now, as a person who wears all black, black is cool, I think. Black is cool. Yeah, uh, I think that it is very much a choice. What do you think, Jennifer? I think it's absolutely symbolic. When he walks in, it's like, oh, this is, he is a full-on Jedi Knight. And I think, yeah, it's it's symbolic for... um, how do I describe it? Ken, take it. Take it <laughs> yeah. away. Take, take it, it away. away. First of all, I, I as a as a fat man wear mostly black. I can tell you it's cool too. <laughs> but I got I got to tell you, um, I love who doesn't love Jedi Luke? It's as we've talked about on other shows. Yep. The mm. most popular character in terms of toy, the t- figure everyone yeah. wants Jedi Luke. And that green lightsaber and that that glove. But here's what we know now, and you just said it. You triggered me. I think it looks cool. It looks dark. It looks menacing. Um, it it draws to the dark side and the temptations of the dark side and Vader and the Emperor and everything. But now we know, going back to the prequels, that Jedi look like Obi-Wan did when he was not hiding out on the desert very well, <coughs> wearing the exact outfit he wore for years. It goes to the debate. I grew up, um, well, I didn't grow up thinking it, but Jedi came out, I saw Jedi first, as, as I've said before. So I just thought Obi-Wan, that's what he had. yeah. And then later on, by the time Timothy Zahn's books and everything, he's oh, you know, that's kind of the cloaks of the Jedi. So it's an interesting choice to put Luke in all black. Now, really, what does that mean? Yeah, I think it was absolutely a choice from the filmmakers to be to make you question whether or not Luke is going to fall to the dark side. I think that's absolutely why he is dressed in black from a filmmaker's perspective. Mm, For my own sort of making it up in my head, this is a place where the prequels help. If Luke is going and just deciding, like, I'm going to wear sort of Jedi-like clothes. I want to look somber and thoughtful, Mm. and I'm going to have a cloak with the hood and the whole thing. And then, you know, his dad also was around a bunch of people. Yeah. He said, we mostly wear taupe. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would you like to wear, Anakin? Black and leather. I think it's just <laughs> DNA in his fashion choice. I'm just bit. like, he's looking at a closet and goes, what speaks to me? I don't know, black for some reason. Black and leather. Mm. Maybe uh, maybe uh, there's not that connection in the Star Wars galaxy that black automatically means menacing, because it's a little bit of a choice on Luke's part of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to wear all black. I hope nobody thinks I'm evil. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, I love if you hear Hamill talk, especially his interviews from back in the day, I remember seeing that he really wanted Luke to show up in Jedi ripped, oh, yeah. sleeveless shirt, kind of no. a, been through, <laughs> had a scar on his face, shaved head, and like an earring. So he you know? wanted him to be full like 80s action hero. Yes, yeah. he wanted that. Uh, and Lucas maybe wisely said no. Yeah, but very wisely. I was always interested in that because Luke wanted this like between Empire and Jedi, what, what happened? What yeah. happened? Now he's this this bad badass type of character there, and uh, there's some intriguing in that to me. But I'll settle on cool, all black. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's a fashion choice. That's all. Mm. Uh, our other question is from Mark Gambles at Mark Gambit eighty seven. He asks, any idea why Luke's hand was flesh in Return of the Jedi in robotic in The Force Awakens? Lost another hand. That's a great question. Yeah, I think that's really fun oh. uh, to see whether we're going to... Ken, do you have a thought on that? I No, no. I, I think it's going to be... I wonder if we're going to get an explanation. I also wonder if we're not. Yeah. And that it might be J.J. just going, hey, well, what if this happened? Yeah, mm. I think it is a fun... Uh, we've talked about a lot before that one of the great things about Star Wars is when it just it, there's just something kind of in the background that makes you wonder mm. what the rest of that story is. Right. Yeah. And I think from the filmmaker's perspective right now, that's what that is. Yeah. But there's a cool thing in Aftermath that made me think about this. Okay. Where uh, in the scene, the therapy Ewok scene... Yes. <laughs> where the uh, injured... Rebel soldier is offered a, I think they call it a flesh sleeve, which is really unfortunate <laughs> for his leg. And like, no, I just want it to hang out. Yes. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to lie to anyone. And that made me think like, oh, did Luke just get to a point of like, oh. I want to show, I want to be honest. I want to be uh, yeah. just clear about what I am. And a part of me has become mechanical. And in Star Wars, that means uh, you've lost a part of your humanity. And maybe Luke just wants to be honest about a little bit of his lost humanity and see it every day. Mm, could be. Or maybe it's just the, simply the fashion now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fashion. It's fashion. Luke wanted to be cool. He's hip Uncle Luke. Take the skin off. Yeah. Take the flesh sleeve off. <laughs> maybe it is. Like, kids, this is why you don't fight with your dad. He takes the flesh sleeve off to scare the young Jedi. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Jennifer, any thoughts on that hand? It's a different hand, right? I mean, it's... I mean, I don't, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, maybe he lost it again. It's totally like, yeah, uh, maybe he lost, like Mark yeah. suggested, maybe right. he did lose it again. Yeah. I'm focused no. on flesh. What do you want to have happen, Jennifer? I don't know. I start, I started thinking about amputees and how, cause you, that, that notion of like, you know, recognizing the truth. Mm-hmm. This is who I am, Mike War. I'm not going to have any more, um, yeah. you know, facades. I like that theory. Okay, cool. I like that theory. I think, I, I do think that if we get an answer, there will be some kind of other injury that happened. Yeah. I think there'll be something. That he lost that hand again. Yeah. Insert your Snoke theory here. <laughs> but I think it could be cool. But it's definitely it's definitely interesting. Uh, that's why I didn't believe uh, in those flashback scenes um, that are now we know as Ray's vision, but in the trailer was what we thought Luke's hand, or possibly Luke's hand over R2's head. Yeah. Okay. And that hand is a little different. I think that's what maybe I'm thinking. That one's a little different than the one at the end, right? Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, different? it's kind of hard to tell. I think, yeah. you, you know, you have to really pause and study. We'll have to, but, we'll have yeah. to do that after the show here. Yeah. Um, they, there's, they, 
yeah, there's some weird story to it. Yeah, we'll get that story eventually, a comic book novel or a Netflix television series. But uh, those are audience questions. Thanks for the two great loot questions. And please keep sending in your questions with hashtag ForceCenterPod. Absolutely. That is our edition of Force Center today. Just a little time uh, that we had to spend with you to talk about droids and everything else. The Rogue One trailer is uh, is lighting up uh, the world by the time this uh, comes out. So we'll... uh, We'll have a lot more Rogue One discussions to come uh, as we head towards December and beyond the Star Wars universe. So, uh, guys, as always, thank you for joining us. Uh, Joseph Scrimshaw, you've always got cool things going on, so they can follow your adventures if they want. Yes, they can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check my website, josephscrimshaw.com, specifically the live shows page to find out where I'll be. I'll be at Dragon Con soon, uh, and you can also check out my podcast, Obsessed. Absolutely, Jennifer Landa. You've got adventures as well. I do. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa, where I will be posting lots of Star Wars Rogue One breakdowns. <laughs> Absolutely. You can follow me at Catnapsock and find out where I am, what I'm doing, and what droids I'm thinking about, uh, whether they beep or talk. It's very important to me. Guys, as always, subscribe on iTunes, rate and review. Find us on Stitcher, Podomatic, and take us with you on the road and talk to us at Force Center Pod on Twitter. That is it. Until next time, beep, bop, bork. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 